0: All right, turn with me, in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 12, the book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, the book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, I read, it's, this is Jesus speaking, he said, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad he that is not with me is against me and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad and we are blessed by the reading of God's word I'm continuing with the message that we have been looking at for the past, I think this is our seventh week and I think this is going to be one of the longest messages I've ever done Uh, Because God has taught me that there's no point rushing through what is gainful. There is no point rushing through what is needful, what is helpful. So we've been looking at this series titled 25 Signs of Those Who Gather. 25 Signs of Those Who Gather. And this is part 7. 25 signs of those who gather, and this is part seven. We said that Jesus said you are either for him or against him. We've been saying time and time again that you are either in the church as a gatherer or a scatterer. And the purpose of the church is for it to be a place of great gathering. A place of great gathering. And so when Jesus is gathering and you begin to scatter, then in effect what you are doing is put your life in jeopardy. Because Jesus said that I will build my church And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church belongs to Jesus. I hope you know that. The church belongs to Jesus. This church doesn't belong to me, nor any of the branches of the church belongs to me or any of our pastors. We are only stewards, we are only caretakers. A time will come where he will, act, he will. When I stand before him, he will ask me, "What did you do with the church that I made you a steward over?" So we are not owners of the church; we are only more like facilitators. So today, if I become arrogant or proud, Jesus will put me aside, and he will put someone there to serve him because the church is not mine. I cannot say. It is my church. No. The day you said it's my church, he steps back. And then you build what you say is yours. Are you following me? So it's important for us to understand that Jesus is the founder and the owner of the church. Last week, we looked at two signs of those who gather. What were the signs that we looked at last week? What was sign number one? They have a what? They have a kingdom mindset. And what is sign number two? You're talking as if you're not here. (laughs) Eh? (laughs) Okay, let's start. What was the first one? They have a kingdom mindset. And then what was the second one? (laughs) They have a what? What did you say? Eh? (laughs) Go ahead. Don't just tell me. What was number two? They are good men. So you see, you people, you don't take notes. You are not taking notes or you are not listening to the message. Uh, Are you listening? Okay. So last week we said that number one sign of the 25 signs of those who gather is number one, they have a kingdom mindset. That's number one. Number two is they are good men or good women. They are a good man or a good woman. Number three, the third mindset. Remember, our foundational scripture for all these signs that we are looking at is from the book of Matthew chapter 13. So we will not be reading all the verses every day. So uh, we'll be looking at each verse where there is a sign. Amen? We'll be looking at each verse where there's a sign. So the third sign of those who gather is they sow good seeds. They sow good seeds. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. I read, it says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth Good seed. Which soweth what? Good seed. seed. So one of the signs of those who gather is they sow good seed. When we talk about the seed, we're not talking about finances. We're not talking about finances here. We're talking about souls. You sow good seeds into the church. Good seeds. Good seed. They sow what? A good seed. Now financial seed sowing is also good. But our focus, our major focus in this series are souls. What are they? What are they? Souls. So they sow good seeds. What is a good seed? A good seed is going out there and winning a soul and bringing them into the house and getting them planted. For life, I am a good seed. The lady who's, who led me to Christ many years ago has sown a good seed. Now you can see the fruit of the good seed results souls, churches. So, whose seed are you? And are you a good seed? Are you? So if you are not confident. You, you're not sure whether to say yes or no. Are you a good seed? You have to be confident. You have to say, you know, you have to say who you are. A good seed. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6, it says, in the morning sow your seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that or whether they both shall be alike good. In other words, you don't stop winning souls because there'll be a time where you go and try to win souls and the people will disappoint you right or wrong. They'll disappoint you. Some will say yes and some will follow you to church. But you don't stop sowing. You keep sowing. It says in the morning, sow your seeds. In the evening, don't stop sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Because as you keep sowing, you don't know which one will bear good fruit. I'm sure the lady who led me to Christ probably had led many people to Christ. But out of all those that she led to Christ, it's, I'm the only one who is bearing good, good fruits. So you don't know which one. You can't say, I tried to lead someone to Christ and it, it wasn't possible. So because of that, you stop giving up. Are you following me? You have to be a soul winner. Your number one agenda as a Christian must be a soul winner. Stop thinking about prosperity. Stop thinking about the blessing. The blessing follows automatically when you do God's will. It just follows. I don't remember the last time I prayed for financial seed. I don't remember blessing. I don't remember the last time I asked God, God today give me this. I don't remember. My desire is always praying for souls. That's my prayer item. But some of you, when we come and look at your prayer list, God, give me a big house. God, give me a new car. God, give me a husband. God, give me a wife. God, give me promotion at my work. Now, all these things are good, but Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things shall be added. The car, the house, the promotion are part of all other things. So, The the wisest man does the most important and the rest follows. The wisest thing to do, do the most important and the rest. He says seek first the kingdom. And what is the kingdom of God? Souls to be saved. So if you make soul winning your number one project in life, all other things will follow. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to pray for it. I'm telling you the truth. You don't uh, and if you have a need in your life, make soul winning your project. Stop praying. You've prayed long enough. Stop praying. Now is the time to make soul winning your number 1 project. Look around the church today. Who is your soul? Are you bringing in or you are scattering? Or look around the church today. Look at how many you've scattered. Oh, Jesus, it's going to get good in here today. (laughs) It's going to get good in here. Look at how many people you've scattered. Because of you, 10 people have stopped coming to the church. Because of you, Jesus said, they don't want to come in, yet they stand at the door preventing those who will come in from coming in. Now, if people are leaving the church or your departments because of you, means you need to change your attitude. Amen? Amen. You need to change your habit. You need to change the way you do things. I remember when we were going to go on premium, they said, they, they wanted a series of our messages, which, We gave them different messages and I think most of the messages we gave them were messages where I was more of teaching rather than shouting and screaming. And then they asked us of everyone, they picked us and they said, okay, now moving forward, the only way you can reach the people is talk rather than shout. It's the same message, but the method has to change. The style has to change. You can't shout, hallelujah, glory be to God, praise the Lord. Now, the same thing I'm teaching, you can get it. It gets in better than shouting. He said, if you are going to really make an impact, you need to stop shouting. So I stopped. And I started teaching and I even noticed that my impact teaching was more than the preaching and shouting and screaming. I don't remember the last time I sweated. They always give me nice handkerchief, thank you, and they've even put my name on it. Praise God. Thank you for putting my name. They put my name on it. Praise God for that. But I don't remember the last time I sweated and I was... When, when was the last time I sweated? You don't do this with sweating. It's not about the sweating. Are you following me? It's about the invincible power behind you. Is the anointing. So you must learn to sow good seed... So good seed into the church. Make soul winning your project. What did I say? Make soul winning your project. That's what the church is here for. Soul winning. I, I, I'm, te- I'm teaching you what works. I don't pray for finances. I don't pray for anything. But I tell you, by God's grace, we have an abundance. In abundance. Now don't say, Pastor, can I come for some? Well, I'm teaching you what brings the abundance, so you can also go and do the thing that works, and then you can have yours. The quality of your seed will determine the quality of your harvest. The quality of your seed will determine the quality of your harvest. If your seed is not quality, your harvest will not be quality. The size of your seed also determines the size of your harvest. The size of your seed determines the size of your harvest. And how many of us want harvest? We want harvest in our lives. We want harvest in this church. In all our churches, we want harvest. So we must be an ardent soul winners gathering for Jesus. Excited about it. Excited to be in church on a Sunday. If you don't see a brother or sister in church on a Sunday, be excited. Every single empty chair you see be ab, ab, around you, behind you, beside you is a soul missing. Every single empty seat you see in any church is a soul that is missing that's probably going to hell. Are you excited? Do you know that God said, I'll require that brother's or sister's blood from your hand? That's what he said. So don't be excited. I think many people come to church thinking, what blessing can I get now? God, I need a miracle. God is also asking, what soul are you winning for my kingdom? What seeds are you sowing? Around you, everybody must know the church you go to. Some of us in this church, nobody knows the church we go to. We are ashamed. We are ashamed of the gospel. We are ashamed of telling people about Jesus. Now, if you are ashamed about telling people about Jesus, why will He be proud of you? You will be ashamed of you. So, the size of your, your seed determines the size of your harvest. When you delay sowing your seed, you delay reaping your harvest. Every time you delay winning souls, you are delaying your harvest. You are delaying your blessings. Every time you delay sowing a seed into the house of God, you are delaying your harvest. Don't delay your harvest. How many of you want your harvest in twenty years' time? No, you want it now, don't you? And. Genesis 8, says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest, you and I as a result of a seed someone sowed. That's why we are here in church today. That's why we are born again. You didn't just get up and became born again. Someone led you to Christ. Someone spoke to you about Jesus. That's why today you are planted in the house of God. Make it your desire also. Don't just be a hearer of the word. Don't come to church next week and not come with a soul. Some of us have nice cars. We come with it empty to church. We don't pick anyone up. We say, why don't the church buy a car to pick people up? (laughs) Do you know why God gave you that car? So you can pick people up. You are the church. You are the church. You, the day the, the, the you start saying, why don't the church, then you, you, you are not a gatherer, you are a scatterer. You don't have a kingdom mindset like I taught last week. Amen. The seeds you sow today will feed you tomorrow. The seeds you sow today will feed you tomorrow. The souls you win today will feed you tomorrow. The seeds you sow today will feed you tomorrow. Do you want to be fed tomorrow? Sow seeds today. Start digging. Start looking for souls. Start start planting them today because they will feed you tomorrow. Souls are the seeds we sow into the kingdom of God now now stop thinking about it and say oh as for me I, I just want to give God doesn't need your money I just want to be a giver no no he needs souls he needs your life put your life online for Jesus stop saying oh as for me I, I just want to be there and pray for you. no no God wants people on the field go on the field win souls for Jesus be a soul winner. Be a soul winner. I say, Why is Pastor teaching on 25 signs all these weeks? Why can he not teach on prosperity? Why can he not teach on breakthrough? Why can he not teach on, on the miracle I'm believing God for? Well, God says, Seek first the kingdom, and all other things shall be added. Seek first. Be an addicted kingdom lover. Be an addicted kingdom lover. Don't be lazy. God doesn't answer to lazy people. The Bible says, "See thou a man who is diligent? Not a lazy. Diligent, he will stand before kings. You want to stand before great men? Be diligent. Be an addicted soul winner. That's what our churches are here for. We are not here for prosperity. We are here for souls. That's what we are here for. That's why I get excited when souls give their life to Christ. Matthew chapter 7 verse 17 to 19. Jesus said, even so every tree bringeth forth good fruit. By a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Now remember, every time Jesus is talking about a tree, he's talking about a Christian. The tree in the Bible represents you, the believer. It represents you. He said, every good tree brings forth good fruit. Every good tree brings forth good fruit. By a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wow. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. This is Jesus speaking. Now he's talking about the Christian. So that means Jesus doesn't want us to be fruitless. He wants us to be fruitful, full of fruits. He said, every tree that brings not forth good fruit, he hewns down. So now the question I want to ask is, where are the evidence of your fruits? Where are your fruits? Where are your, where are your fruits? They say, but pastor, I don't have any fruits. That means you're not sowing any seed. And you'll be rewarded according to the seeds you sow. No farmer eats out of no seed he has sown. Every farmer eats out of the seed he has sown, which produces a harvest. The fourth sign is they protect the good seed. The fourth sign of... 25 signs of those who gather is they protect the good seed. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Another parable puts he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed. What did he sow? Good seed. So the good seed must be what? Protected. Every good seed must be protected. And every good seed brings forth good fruits, like we said. So if every good seed brings forth good fruits, we must do everything to protect the good seed. You must protect the good seed because, remember we said earlier that the seed will will feed your future. So, if you know that this seed will feed your future, what do you do? Protect it. So, one of the signs of those who gather is they protect the seed. They protect their souls. When they come to church, they protect their souls. They protect what belongs to God. That's the purpose of the shepherd. He protects the sheep. He doesn't allow any lion or any bear or any wolf to come and destroy the sheep. They protect the, the, the sheep. Are you here in the church protecting the sheep or destroying them? Are you a protector or a destroyer? They protect the seed. Sometimes it is more important to protect the seed planted than to plant more seed. Sometimes it's more important to protect the seed you've planted than wanting to plant more. So, the seeds that have been planted in this house, are you protecting them? You say, I want more, but are you protecting the one that you have? This is how the principle of the kingdom works. God will never give you more until you've taken care of what he's given you. Jesus said, if you're not faithful with that which is little, And trust into your hands that which is more. And it works this way. You have to take care of that which is another's. You want to be a pastor of a big church? Take care of this one. Take care of the two. Take care of the three. Take care of the ten. Take care of the hundred. Don't say, As for me, I only want to come when there are millions gathering. Really? Before David was made a king, he was taking care of the little sheep of his father at the backyard. God can be moved. Many have destroyed their own destiny. They've destroyed their own destiny. This is why... I'm, I'm in every weekday service. I'm here every weekday. Every weekday, I'm here. There might be 20 people gathering. I'm here teaching with passion. The same passion on a Sunday. I will not say, oh, I know Sunday there are more people gathering, so that's the only time I'll come. No, 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 no. I was watching a man of God recently. Has a huge, huge church, huge church. And in his weekday service, on Sunday, they gather almost about 200,000 people. And in his weekday service, there's probably less than a thousand. On Sunday, over 200,000. On a weekday, less than a thousand. But he's teaching with excitement. Some of us, God can't make us any... You see, until you're faithful with the little, you're not moving up. You're not moving up. You're not moving anywhere. You're, You're not faithful with the little and you want big? Ah, forget it. My brother, forget it. Take care of the little now. You take care of the little He'll, he'll give you a big one. Amen. And I don't know where this mindset is coming from. Many Christians just want big things. They want it big now. Now. You don't get big things just like that. When you were born, did you come out of your mother's womb big? No. <laughs> Did you come out of your mother's womb like you are now? Of course not. You came out small. and Your mother and father took care of you little by little and now you're big. Now, can you imagine you this big coming out of your mother's womb? Ah. (laughs) There will be big trouble. How will your mother walk? Look at how big you are. How, How can she walk? Can she walk where she's carrying you in her womb? This big? That's why you came out small. God starts everything small. God started with one man, added another woman, and today we have over 7 billion people on the surface of the earth. God starts small. That's why the Bible says, despise not little beginnings. Despise not little beginnings. Before we give our Bible students opportunity to do anything here, they've been doing small things for a long time before they come and stand here. We don't just give them the opportunity to come and stand. No, no, no. They start small. If you can't do the small, you can't do the big. Because this one is big. It doesn't start. It doesn't just begin. Big. So learn to start small. Even saving, save small. You say this year God is going to make me a billionaire. He gives you 10 pounds. You say, Ha, this God. I'm looking for a billion. And they say, which is the nearest McDonald's drive-through. You drive through, you squander the 10 pounds. God said, This one, it'll take a long time. <laughs> it'll take a long time. Learn to appreciate the small. Businessmen, businesswomen in the church. Learn to appreciate the small. Value your small. Your small one day will become big. And God is a progressive God. The seed you protect today will protect you tomorrow. You must have patience with the seed. Patience. Stop digging around the seed. I remember when I was young, I had a a corn farm behind my my house. And when I plant the corn, every two days, I go and dig around it to see if it's growing. I go and dig around it to see if it's growing. I go and dig around it. What am I doing? I'm killing the seed. Stop digging around the seed. Some of us have no patience at all. We plant it today. We want it tomorrow. Anything that starts big is not of God. Anything that starts big is not of God. I've never seen God do anything big. Even Jesus didn't start big. Even Jesus, he could have had 5,000, but he started with 12. And out of the 12, one was the devil. (laughs) He said, have I not appointed you 12, but I know one of you is the devil. Out of the 12, one was the devil. I hope you are not the devil in this church. (laughs) Because in every church, there is at least one devil. Now all the devils in the church rise up. Let's see you now. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So have patience. Be patient. As a key scripture I want you to have a look at when you get home from Exodus chapter 2 from verse 2 to 10 talks about Moses how Moses' mother protected him when he was born. You can read it when you get home. But basically what I'm trying to teach you is that learn to protect the good seed because the good seed you protect today will feed you tomorrow. When there was a law that every male son should be killed, Moses' mother, the Bible says that when he was born, saw that he was a goodly child. So the mother did everything to preserve and to protect his future. They put him in a basket and made sure he was protected. And at the long run, what happened? Moses became the deliverer of Israel. The seeds you protect today will deliver you tomorrow. The little seeds you protect today. Today, that seed might look very fragile. This is why I don't take people who come into this church for granted because I know without any shadow of doubt that a time will come some of the people who are sitting here today will be leading major churches. Tens of thousands in different nations. So if I don't protect that seat today, I'm I'm destroying the future. I'm destroying 10,000 capacity church. But that person is only one. So Moses was protected and as a result of that, he brought deliverance to Israel. Number five sign is they sow into their own church. They sow into their own church. They sow into their own church. church. Matthew chapter 13 verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. In his field. In his field. Not another man's field. They sow into their own church. I've seen in this churches. in this church, I can count members in this church Who were directed to this church. By other members from different churches. And they are so here. When they come they say. Oh that person in that church said. This is a good church. Come to this church. I hope you are not doing the same. Sewing into another church. Yeah, Yeah it's true. But that should teach you that those people don't understand how the kingdom of God operates. How can you be in a different church? Now, I bless them. I thank God for their lives. for what they, uh, you know, Thank God those members are still here and they are flourishing. But how can you be in a different church and point someone else to a different church and say, go to that church? And I hope you're not here telling people, you know, go to that church. That church is a good church. They sow into their own field. This is your field. This is your church. This is your ground. Sow the souls into this church. You can't be here and say, and be pointing, you've become, you've become a sign directing people, a sign directing people to another church. They sow into their own field. Where's your field? This is your field. This is your church. So you go out there, you tell people, do you know my church is a place? Every day you can, at least you laugh. At least, the least you can get is laughter. You will not come here frown and leave frown. You come here frown and leave here excited. With joy in your heart. My pastor is a good teacher. He teaches the word in simplicity, wisdom and understanding. He's passionate about the word. He laid his life down for the kingdom. He preaches the word with joy. With power. The anointing of God flows from, because you see, what you don't value will never bless you. What you treat casually will make you a casualty. What you treat casually will make you a casualty. Now, don't be in this church and take the anointing or the grace of God for granted. And say, oh, but this is London. London, we are all the same. All the same. The prime minister goes on the train. We're all the same. So even if the prime minister goes on the bus and on the train, the mayor of London goes on a bicycle to work. And they say, let's buy the pastor a new car. Even look, the mayor, the mayor of London goes on a bicycle to work. What are these pastors here for? Why can't the pastor also just trek on a bicycle and go to work why can't the pastor also Now you forgot it you can't put the pastor and the mayor on the same level the pastor and the prime minister are not the same the pastor and the queen are not the same not the same well, I know for a fact that every time the budget is read, it doesn't put smiles on your face. When was the last time they read the budget and you were excited? They <laughs> say, oh, this budget was for me. When was the last time? Oh, the prime minister was thinking about me. Oh, the chancellor was really... Th- no, no, when was the last time? The pastor and those in public offices, politicians are not the same. Get it into your mind. I told you about that lady in our other church when my laptop broke, and they were going to buy a new laptop to me for me. she said, "Why should we use the church money to buy a laptop for the pastor?" Now using the laptop, and he broke in front of everyone. He said, "Ah, no, 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 we shouldn't touch the church money. The church money. To buy the pastor a new laptop. Why are you going to do that? No wonder. that lady today. We don't know where she is. You see. You have to understand something about the anointing. The anointing has nothing to do with age. Jesus said before Abraham. I am. He said before Solomon, a greater than Solomon is here. The anointing is greater, is greater. And the level at which you place the anointing determines the level at which you receive. The level at which you place the anointing is the level at which you receive. If you now think that I can pray more than this anointed man of God. I I I, I can preach better than him. Well you sign your own death sentence. A lot of my pastors, you know, used to think when I'm preaching, sitting down there, say, ah, I think I can preach better than him, you know. But the Bible says that Jesus knew what is in their mind. So when I know what is in your mind as I'm preaching. I know all the people that God brings around me, I know what is in their mind. So, one day I just gave him the church. I said to my wife, let's give him the church. We gave him the church. We gave it to him. He thought church is just preaching. We gave it. We gave it to him. Guess what? In less than six months, the church closed down. With all the members, all the members left. So, you know, it's not, don't sit down there and think that happened. Ah, the way he's preaching it, I can do better. The way the day you start thinking I can do better, you sign your death warrant. Instead, you should be praying, God increase Elijah. That's Elisha's prayer. God increase Elijah more and more, increase the anointing. Because Elijah said to Elisha, if you see me go. You receive this anointing double. If you see me, so that means to see, you have to be in reverence. You have to honor. If you see me, go. (laughs) The grace over my life is so special. Many don't understand it. Even me, myself, the grace is a mystery. It's a grace that starts churches without struggle. It's a grace that starts things without struggle. There are other men of God who has been in ministry years. They say, so how do you do it? I said, even me, I don't know. When we started having conferences, many of our pastor friends who have been in the ministry for years have never tried it. They look at me, they said, the boldness over your life is something else when we went on, on radio stations, they said, how is this doing? How is he doing it? It's a grace. Amen. Now, the thing about the grace is many who sit close to the grace take the grace for granted. Yeah. That's why the grace blesses people out there more than people in. Jesus in Mark chapter 6 could not do any miracle. He could not. Not that he would not. He could not. Because the Bible says that the people were familiar. They say, do we not know him? He's a carpenter. Is he not Mary's son? Are these not his brothers? We knew him when he was walking around without any panties. We knew him. We knew him. This is why when you start a church, you don't go and bring your friends. Make your friends associate pastors. Never. You don't do that. You don't do that. They'll cripple the church from within. And say, ah, whilst you're preaching, they say, Oh, it's my friend. After the service, they say, Hello, how are you? High five. Have you seen me give anybody high five before? <laughs> He's not my friend. I don't have friends. I don't have friends. None of you are my friends. Is anybody my friend? I don't have friends because I'm trying to help you, so you are not familiar with the anointing. Because it's this anointing that will bless you. So I say, hello, hi friend, <laughs> oh, hi fi. Hello friend, how are you today? Oh, publicly? No, 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 no. Public discipline. I'm a man on a mission. Hallelujah. Discipline. Because I'm here to help you. I'm not here as your friend. The day you think, I'm, you say, oh, what is the pastor talking about? Jesus said to his disciples, you are my friends. Check the scriptures carefully. The time he said, you are my friends, he was about going. That's when he was living. That's when he was about to go. That's when he was about to go. So at that point, if he says you are my friends, now he's gone. So you not take the anointing for granted. So never be familiar. This grace is here to bless you. This grace is here to increase you. Don't go sitting out there and start talking yap, 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 yap about this grace. You criticize this grace and expect this grace to bless you. God can be check my thoughts to make sure that my thoughts doesn't even criticize my man of God. Much more come out of my mouth. My thought. Because sometimes the devil can put a thought in your mind and say, uh, no, no, no. 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 My man of God, I mean, didn't you know, have churches at this stage of his ministry so I can now have a thought and say, hey, God is doing greater things than me, mother. No, 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 no. You can never do that. The anointed one is always greater. Amen. The anointed one is always greater. That's how the kingdom operates. That's how this kingdom works. That's how the kingdom works. Jesus is always greater. He's always, he said greater works than this shall we do, but he's still always greater. When we start doing greater works, that's not a time for us to say, oh, now I'm greater than Jesus. No, you can never be greater than Jesus. You are doing greater works, yes, but he's always greater than your greater works. Glory. So they sow into their own church. So into I know people who even don't tithe into their own church. they tithe into other churches. You are in this church and tithing into another church, giving big offerings into another church. You know, recently, um, I was told that a certain lady came to the church and sold a huge offering. She's not a member of this church, sold a huge offering. I blessed her within my heart. I prayed for her but I said within me that this offering should have gone to her church. (laughs) Are you following the principle how it works? Sow into your own field. Sow into your own field. This is your field and is this field that feeds you. Sow into your own field sow into your own field. You can't be on this field and not tithe. You can't be in this field and not give. You can't be in this field and not win souls. This is your field. Sow into your own field. When it's time for giving, you say, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Is that time again? Uh, Uh-huh. Uh you lack spiritual understanding sow into your own field sow into your own church Souls. win souls into this church don't win souls into other churches this is your own church
1: you are here in this
0: church and you are pointing people to other churches and say you know that church across the world? I think you like it there. Go there. Wow. They sow into their own church. Into their, change your mind today. I think it's time for us to change our mindset and start sowing into our own church aggressively bringing souls into the house of God. Don't just come and be a hearer of the word. Don't just hear the word and leave and do nothing with the word. Hear the word and do something with the word. Hearing testimony of our Bible school students saying that we hear the word, we do the word, and we are seeing results. I said glory. That's the only time you see results when you do the word. You don't do the word you don't see results. You do 10%, you see 10% results. Songs of Solomon chapter one, verse six. It says, look not upon me because I am black. Because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyard. But my own vineyard have I not kept. They make me a keeper of their vineyards, but my own vineyard have I not kept. In other words, you are taking care of somebody else's, forgetting about your own. Forgetting about your own. Songs of Solomon is in the Bible anyway, for your information. If you can't find it, go to the table of contents. I think some of you are taking too long to find it. Oh, it's Songs of Solomon or Songs of Songs. It's the same thing. He said, they have made me a keeper of other people's vineyards. In other words, other people's churches. But my own have I not kept. My own have I not kept. I remember when we started in ministry years ago. We used to travel to Cardiff. To go and help a pastor friend. At that time our church used to start in the evening. Six o'clock. So Saturday we'll go and help. And then when we're coming back sometimes even the traffic we get to church late. Our church was not growing. And one day God said you are not sowing into your own vineyard. You are sowing into somebody else's vineyard. You say, oh, but the churches are the same. Well, but they do different things, don't they? So, into your own vineyard. This is your vineyard. Keep your own vineyard. I'll have no problem directing souls to go into any of our branches. No problem. Because it's my own vineyard. If I win a soul in Red Hill, I don't have to tell him or her to come all the way here. I have a branch in Red Hill. Go there. What am I doing? My own vineyard. My own vineyard. I remember when I was in South Africa this year, somewhere in April, everywhere we go, we're winning souls, winning souls, winning souls. But there was no vineyard I could point them to. There was no, vineyard. this is why we're starting churches everywhere, so that I could lead them to those vineyards and say, This is our church solution. It's a great church, it's a place of greatness, it's a place of great grace, and it's a place of great love. Final scripture and we'll close. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 to 34. I read. It says, I went by the field of the slothful, the slothful means the lazy, and by the vineyard of the man of void of understanding. Proverbs 24 from verse 30 to 34. And lo, it was all grown over with what thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well, I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, yet a little slumber, yet a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come on as one that travaileth and, and, and thy want as an armed man. An armed man or an armed robber. I went by the field of the man who is slothful, and by the vineyard of the man who is void of understanding. And what did I see? I saw bushes, I saw empty chairs, I saw no members. I went by the field of a man of no understanding, their church, and there was no member. That's what he's saying. So into your own field. Some of us have been in this church for almost five years. We haven't won a single soul. Some of us have been in this church four years, not a single soul. Some of us have been in this church three years, not a single soul. Some of us have been in this church two years, not a single soul. Some of us have been in this church one year. Not a single soul. Some of us have been in this church a few months and have won souls. So into your own field. It's time for us to wage war on the devil and go soul winning. What did I say? It's time for us to wage warfare on the devil and go soul winning. Don't wait for the church to call for soul winning before you go soul winning. In your own time, win souls. Make soul winning your project. Make soul winning your project. Why am I taking my time all these weeks to teach on this? Because that's God's number one hard cry. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and its Righteousness. And all other things shall be added unto you. Church, it's time for us to be aggressive soul winners. Make soul winning your project. Every need you have in your life, if you can start winning souls, you'll be shocked. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to pray. Just make soul winning your project. Bring them into the house. Plant them. Get them planted. And see what God will do in your life. I said, and see what God will do in your life. As you win souls. Ah, I'm telling you. Your life will never be the same again. You'll be walking in blessing. Because Jesus cannot lie. He says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And when you seek the kingdom first, what you need will come. Do you have a need? 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 need? The answer to that need, the solution to that need is soul winning. This Sunday, this coming Sunday, you must never come to church alone. There are people around you that their hearts are ready. They need to come to the house of God. They need to come to the house of God. In the month of September, in the month of October, we are going to pray for a a few days, praying and fasting for souls. Praying and fasting for what? So We are not praying and fasting for big houses. They will just come naturally. Big houses will just come. Big cars will just come. How many of you want some new big cars? Yeah, I want. But God is asking, the ones he's giving you, how many souls are you bringing? Some of us, at time will come, will buy buses for the church just to carry souls into the house. That must be your prayer. I'm buying a a, a, a 50 50 bar sitter. A 100 bar sitter. Just to carry souls into the house of God. And it shall happen. I said it shall happen. I said it shall happen. In the name of Jesus. Some of you here, you will build mega churches. Out of your own resources. Out of your own resources. And say this is for the church. I'm building one here for the church. I'm building five here for the church. And we will see souls. I, I saw it, you know. I saw this happening. I saw buildings, mega buildings for our churches. I saw it happening. And God is going to use you to make it happen. I said God is going to use you to make it happen. And the time for you to manifest the glory of God is now. The time to manifest the glory of God is when? It's when? It's now. This week as you live here, be hungry for souls. Be hungry for what? For souls. That's what we're here for. I saw recently on the news how these ISIS people were slaughtering human beings. Christians, their head. I, I I nearly threw up. Catch a human being and slaughter their head with knife as if it's a chicken. I I, I I was almost sick. Because we have allowed it to happen. If we can be aggressive and be soul winners, and we look, I think. Two or three days ago, I just saw on the news a young man in the US, a Muslim, beheaded a woman for not converting to Islam. And we are just here enjoying church. We're not here for church. We're not here to enjoy church. We are here to win souls. We are here to win souls. We are here to win souls. Our families must come to Christ. Our neighbors must come to Christ. Everyone we know, we must, we must bombard them with the gospel until they are saved. And I believe that this week, it will happen in your life. I said this week, it will happen in your life. It will happen in your life. In the name of Jesus. Did you receive it? Let's give God a better hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. We're going to just pray one prayer. Say, Lord, give me the grace.